Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. For the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis. Dave Skull, the important thing about today is that I was right on Friday. Dave, I, I I feel like I maybe deserve credit for this, or at least partial credit for this. You'll get I nothing did, in like it. No, I did predict they would win. You did. On Friday. And I had to be on an island out there. Can I tell you, How Mark, many people were with me? You had predicted a win like three games in a row. So That's not you, true at all. <laughs> You That's did? never true. <laughs> I did not predict them to beat uh, to beat Virginia. I never do. I know better than that. No, you, you predicted But I'm proud of win. this one. You're good. I have been looking forward to since uh, Saturday evening uh, the opportunity to come in here on this Monday and do this post-game Monday show because we almost always do uh, Mondays where we have no – uh, guests or anything as sort of extended post game shows. Yeah. It's been such a miserable. Uh, po- I mean, that, that to use uh, Kenny Payne's own word there, it's been uh, such a miserable year in that regard. I could not wait to get in here for today for this show after Louisville did what they did over the weekend. I, it's hard to imagine, Dave, how that could have gone better than it did. Oh, it was great. Look, I, I you know, we just and spare us any of the. We know we're four and twenty three, but it was a nice night. Where we could kind of forget how miserable this season has been, and it actually felt in that arena for one night, it felt like Louisville basketball again. Is that and, the best way to say it? It is because that's that's I, all. I think I could, you might be right. That's all I could say afterwards is like from the you know the win on the court to the intensity in the arena to having the old gang back. Like it just felt like Louisville basketball, like it hasn't in a while. You know, certainly not all this season, not all last year. Most of the Mac era was a little uneasy. You know, this just felt it felt right, and it was a nice celebration and just kind of a throwback to to better times. And and I just I had a great time on Saturday night. Yeah, I I think probably the best compliment that we could give to this squad over the weekend uh, is the fact that for that two and a half hours or so, it it very much did feel like what 
we've all become accustomed to Louisville basketball looking like, feeling like, sounding like in the Yum Center since it's been built. Since it's been built, uh, and, and Louisville has played there, the the crowd was obviously season high. Without, I mean, it was a fantastic crowd. Did you have the number on that? I didn't see it. I, I no, I did not. Uh, Fifteen, sixteen thousand, somewhere that's about in that range. Right. Yeah, I think, and, think that's yeah. about right. And they were all engaged, which was the best part. Yeah, I, well, I think that's exactly right. They were very engaged. It was a loud, uh, intense crowd. It had the same feel. I've, I think I've talked to you about this uh, before. You know, there are times where a crowd just sort of takes on a different feel and a different sound, a different tone uh, to it. But there were a couple of times in that 2013 season down the stretch, the Duke, the Kevin Ware game, uh, and I think a couple of times in the Final Four where the crowd, to me, changed the way it sounded from just cheering to almost like moms and dads. Uh, <laughs> everyone badly wanted that team to win. And that the crowd on Saturday, it sound, like it, I was hearing some of that in the way that they sort of cheered that team on to victory. It, it just... You know, I, I thought about a year ago when people were called in. They're like, "Whatever happens next week, you better not ruin Lamar Jersey Day." Like there were a lot of people right. I think were worried about right. a stinker with with this group back for the ten year anniversary. And instead, I I thought they did them proud with the way that they played. Yeah, I, I think that's that's the best way to put it. And you know, we should have seen it. Like we did, and we did because even like I didn't predict them to win, but I thought it'd be a close game. You know, that's what I said on Friday, but. Just couldn't bring myself to say they'd win. I'd said they lose a heartbreaker. And I'm glad I was wrong. Um, but they, they kept their intensity. They Honestly, this is easily – this four-game stretch from uh, Miami to Duke is the meat of the schedule for this season. You know, that was those were the four hardest games – like the hardest four-game stretch we had all year. Uh, and it's safe to say that this Louisville team has played their best basketball – excluding the pit game, you know, over the last like six games or so, and especially in that three-game stretch. And I was worried that they could play their best basketball in that four-game stretch, and just because of the way the schedule set up, they may go 0-4, you know, even even if they played their best basketball. It was good to see them get a reward for how they've been playing um, offensively. It, it was really – there was – some really good things. Obviously, there's still some lapses defensively, but there were good moments, and there was intensity. Even if they were out of position, there was intensity. You know, on the defensive end, uh, it was awesome to see JJ Trainer have a breakout game, uh, and he was just he was engaged the entire game uh, in making plays. And, and a lot of other guys had good moments. Obviously, L had some had some big baskets, and a lot of things that that were kind of the the crux of this game. And before we get into that, I guess we should probably talk about sort of the celebration aspect. I thought they did a great job with from pre pregame on, you know, pregame having having Russ Smith since he couldn't be there, have his kind of taped uh, address to the crowd and everything, and then building up during the first half with like uh, they started with the the regular season stretch after the five overtime loss to Notre Dame, yeah, finishing the regular season really strong in the Big East tournament. And then they showed like the first couple of round games and the next media timeout. And then the next media timeout, they showed like Oregon, uh, Duke, you know, in the Kevin Ware incident, obviously, and the boom. Uh, and then they, the next media timeout, they showed the, uh, the Wichita State game, you know, and, and, then, and then they finished it with the, uh, with the Michigan, obviously, the, the national championship win. Uh, and the crescendo was that and the, um, 
and having the team out there on half at halftime. It was awesome to see guys. Some guys that we haven't seen, like obviously. Trez has been to a game or two in the last season. Yep. Um, but it was really good to see him there. It was awesome to see Wayne Blackshear. I mean, we haven't seen him since he left campus, really. Yeah. Um, sucks that they didn't let Shane be there, or Shane wasn't able to be there, and and Gorgie didn't make it. But I mean, Peyton Siva was great on the mic, you know, and obviously Luke Hancock had a great, you know. It's always good. <laughs> Luke, Luke's got the uh, all-time, you know, MOP uh, chip to play, and everybody loves Luke and and uh, and Hendo, and it's just awesome to see that team, man, and everybody associated with it. And the celebration was fantastic. Almost nobody left their seat. It seemed like at halftime. Uh, and I got to tell you, the the mo- I thought I was going to lose it pregame. You know, when they did the intro vi- video and they did like a five-second clip of my one shining moment, I was like, "Am I going to cry?" Like, yeah, <laughs> like the first ten <laughs> seconds of this video, because <laughs> I was like. Not prepared for the just swell of emotions that I felt when that when they played that clip, and if they had kept playing one shining moment the entire pregame video, I'm pretty sure I would have been a puddle by the end of it. Um, but yeah, man, a lot of emotions, a lot of excitement, and just a phenomenal game and a phenomenal throwback to what Louisville basketball is supposed to be and is. And I'm glad this team got to see that and got to feel that because that's the standard. Like that, that atmosphere and that celebration of tradition is what we, what is Louisville basketball, not what we've been experiencing the last couple of years. Well, and the 2013 team is especially near and dear to people because we knew those guys for a long time. Yeah. You know, it, it was, there were still impactful newcomers, but that was a team that we had seen come together over time. Oh, there were seniors, juniors, sophomores, and freshmen that all contributed to that team. And they were they were our kind of quirky, you know. It was it was Luke as a transfer in, and Russ as an overlooked guy, and uh, you know Gorgie as a, a an extremely late blooming player from overseas. But then also your highly rated guys who who came into their own a little bit over time, like Wayne and Peyton. See, like it really worked out perfectly for that team to have a little bit of something for almost everybody. And in the wild I guess, card, Shane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's, he's and then also like a little bit of everything, a little bit of everything. And then absolutely like the even going into the final four, like Tim Henderson, right? Just out of nowhere, right? Out of absolutely nowhere, comes in and hits two of the biggest threes in Louisville history, and pulls us from what looked like we were gonna looked like it was the end of the season. I have, I'll tell you, I have always two things about Tim Henderson. Uh, I have always believed that he saved that Wichita State game, and I've always believed that he – that the Wichita State game – I never doubted they were going to beat Michigan, but I was very much afraid they were about to lose the Wichita State game. Like, I, I never for a second, even when Albrecht was shooting the lights out and they had taken the lead in that game, I never thought Louisville was going to lose the championship game. Yeah. But I was very – Kind of very, felt like the Syracuse Big East final, you know what I mean, where I was like, yeah. man, we're getting our ass kicked, but I just feel like the – the, if this is an exceptional shooting performance from the other team, and we're going to get our crap together at some point. But I, I've, I've also always thought with Henderson that the seeds for that game were planted in garbage time in the Duke game. If you go back to the Duke game in the second half when he gets in a little bit towards the end when Louisville had run that lead way up and they were just simply running out the clock last couple possessions, yeah. there is a possession where Luke gets the ball and kicks it to Hendo in the corner and he knocks one down. And it's it's like... I swear to you, he laid the groundwork for the final four of those right. two shots with that shot there. Well, it's funny because it was after, obviously, Kevin Ware went down right. and like kind of opened the door for Tim to get a few minutes that he wouldn't have gotten probably if, if Kevin Ware 
was healthy in the Final Four. Um, and it's just that that's a, that's a student. I remember that play, you know, and then garbage time gets Duke. And I don't know, man. It just it brought back some, like, I know and I've always talked about how much, obviously, that 2013 team means to us, but, like, to see them all out there and yeah. kind of relive the moments together with 16,000 of my closest friends, like, it was a little – it felt a little different. It hit differently, you know what I mean, to be out there with everybody. And it was – it was just an awesome feeling, and I'm glad they came away with a dub that night. And you can kind of shut out the rest of the season for just one night and enjoy it and be proud of them. Well, and in some ways, you know, the 2013 team, in a lot of ways, like they are the the example that you hold up. Like, do you want to be immortal and, and you know be a hero for like the rest of your life? Like, the Louisville fans yeah. will worship this team to the end of time. And I thought I did think it was good, rightfully so. Good for the players, the current players, to see, like, this is what it's like when you play like those guys did. Like, this is what this place is like. And then for them to go out and sort of, I think, play in that, the haze of that, and to, I think, get to experience some of that. You know, that place was far more electric than it normally would be. And they played up to it, and good for them. I think everyone needed that all the way to the end. Remember I said that after Virginia. I was like, you know, they really – it would have been nice. They really needed that one. They need – this is yeah. – they got this one. It's almost as good. Virginia would have been better, but this is almost as good with everyone there. They didn't mess up any of that. And can we just say, in terms of honoring the 2013 team, I understood why they ended up with the banner that they did. I was very worried that it would look terrible. You know, that it would look corny or, or super out of place or what have you. They na- they nailed it. That banner looks good for what it is there. It's not the final step. No one's okay with this uh, as, like, the final thing. But for what it is, I was worried that it would look hokey and be kind of distracting. Right. It looks nothing of the sort. I think it looks great. The only thing I can think of, like, it was fine. It was fine. And, and, and they didn't, because the, the incident, they didn't even want him to have an unveiling. You know, so it was just kind of like, oh, look, the banner's there. Yeah, you know, so like, like they didn't even have like a dropping of the, you know, like it was just sort of like you showed up and like, oh look, there's the banners back. There's a the banners cousin, you know, the banners stand in the stunt double for the banner is up there. Um, but I kind of a part of me kept looking up there, going, you know, people are forgetting that we also had the 2012 banner taken down. <laughs> what was our final coaches ranking in 2012? Yeah, we got to figure out what 2012 <laughs> right. is. You're exactly right. It'd be like number six in the coaches poll. <laughs> number 2012 <laughs> and, and i don't think you know for for the average fan they do remember this but that the run in 2012 is really part of the 2013 championship. oh it is it set the table for that whole season 100 like, percent. It, it, it made us the preseason number one you know in most people's minds and and it was that was absolutely everything for that but in, and you need to remember what had happened in terms of the narrative around program and programs you had Louisville had hit the NIT. They had had a couple of years where they lost in the first round uh, in the NCAA tournament since that 05 Final Four. Cal got hired at Kentucky, and there was this this narrative out there that like, like Louisville, can't, you know, they had lost obviously the heartbreaker with Jerry Smith and the whole team yeah. in, in the tournament. There was all of that uh, narrative about like Rick can't win in the tournament anymore, and Kentucky was like the cool new thing with the, with the one and done players and all this. And to have that 2012 run end in the Final Four, that really is the turning point. And the first thing that they accomplished was obviously it was 2013, but like it, 
those two do go together, and hopefully, eventually, I agree with you, it's pretty vital that that team also uh, be remembered because the expectations were very low uh, going into the year. They were pretty low going into the year, and they were low throughout the year. And so for that team to have won a uh, – to, to have made it to a Final Four – uh, was it was the beginning of something I think special, and they do need to be uh, honored at some point. But in terms of what that banner was, Dave, I, they did a really good job with that. I'm shocked by it, not as a reflection on them at all. I didn't think it could look as good as it did, but it does. They did yeah, good. Looks, looks good. Looks good. It, it, I was it, it was good to see 2013 up there, and I'm and I count me as somebody who was skeptical when I first heard the whole thing. And Texture says. On the Dina show, they said that we finished fourth in the AP poll in 2012. I'm, I'm sure they mean the, the coaches because the AP, AP final is before yeah, the tournament. Yeah, the AP doesn't do a post-tournament. Yeah, and I tried to look up, and it makes sense because we, we lost in the Final Four, but I wasn't sure if they gave us fourth or not because going into the tournament, we were 17th, um, I believe, after the Big East tournament win. Uh, we, we went from not from not ranked because everybody remembers we lost right. that South Florida game on senior night. And it was kind of an unceremonious end of the season. We had that great run in the Big East tournament. Jumped up to 17th, uh, got that four seed, and ended up making that run. It was four seed or five seed? It was four seed. I believe they were a four. They were a four. Um, they made that unbelievable run to the uh, to the final four. So that would make sense, number four, but it would be the coach's poll, just like the number one the coach's poll that we put up in the, in the Raptors, because AP doesn't bother with one after the tournament since it's determined on the court. Well, look, props uh, to these guys for getting a win – Getting a win against a team that that had something to play for. Sure. Now they're uh, on the bubble. <laughs> yeah, and and mortally wounded at that. You know, yeah, as the worst loss in the ACC. I hate to say it because, it, but it's the truth. It's the worst loss they could have. No, taken. I listened to uh, Gary Parish and Matt Norlander say that this is you know functionally for them for Clemson uh, is a quad five loss right for them. And you know what? Boo hoo! Tough. I don't care. Uh, one bit. We owe those guys more than uh, more than our fair share of heartbreak. So I wasn't I wasn't sad to hear about that at all. And props to these guys. L. Ellis, by the way, uh, as we came on the air, the ACC just announcing he was named co-ACC Player of the Week uh, for his play. He had a great week, twenty four and a half points a game last week. And between Virginia and this one, they were able to hold on and hold on to this one. And I said this on the wrap a little bit. What encourages me most is you talked about this little stretch. And I know the pit game is in there, but in the last six games. Five and one against the spread, mm-hmm. which is, I like it is. It's an indicator. A, it's progress. It's yeah. an it's objectively movement from how they've been playing earlier, and it really does I think help. I said this every time they've played somebody good and played kind of well for at least stretches or whatever. That like the worst thing that can happen after this is to follow it up with kind of a bum outing. But this is now three straight games, and really five out of the last six where it's been. Basketball, where like we can look at it and just be like, they could have won that game if they had done this or if they had done that, and it was like just basketball things we're talking about instead of it being a, what am I even looking at? We're gonna have to make some hard choices at the end of the year. Like it hasn't been like that in a while. It really, I think, validated. It's a win all on its own, but it also validated the last two games where you had chances against Miami and you had a chance in the last possession against Virginia. Like they've continued to play that way. This wasn't any kind of a one-off. Uh, yes, and that's it's funny because remember why we talked about this for the first couple months of the season, you know, where, look, if you bet against Louisville in the first game, in the first nine games, 
you were doubling your money every time. You know, and then the Western game happened and that derailed people that were doing that. But it's we're far from that at this point. You know, where it's actually the opposite <laughs> for the last stretch of games where if you bet on Louisville and took the points. And look, this is not moral victory time. This is anything this is trying to analyze. This was an actual progress. victory. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like when we're talking about the trends, sure. this is not looking at moral victories or anything. This is just trying to trying to look at trends and trying to to divine something uh from this and seeing if 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 you can call it progress and i think you can at this point uh big one on saturday look another opportunity tonight obviously duke hasn't lost to cameron indoor all year um but they aren't the same duke you know john shire they've had their their share of troubles and struggles this season um they're still very good defensively but they're not playing up to their talent level so it's one of those things where maybe they can continue i'm not saying they could win in cameron and but maybe they can continue their their stronger play of late yeah look it's been a, it's a trend now they they are playing better basketball and I, look i knew that this was different uh after winning this game and part of it obviously is kind of i think the mood that people are in post uh, the 2013 celebration in some of the better performances this year, this very quickly, uh, or, or even you know the the, the random win the, that they were able to to get here and there, you've gotten people who have kind of like come barreling in just to remind everybody that they're still not very good. Yeah, and I did not see. I don't know if you did. I didn't see very much of that at all. But indications like. Don't forget, we're still who we are. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. I, you know, after beating Clemson, I've hardly seen on message boards or from just sort of the normal people who you know, yeah. you know, aren't going to be happy with anything. I've hardly seen any of that at all. This, it seemed like for at least a little bit here, we've had this little window where we all just put our guns down and yeah. enjoyed this for what it was. I actually, I agree with that because on Saturday night, I was fully expecting it, like a backlash to anybody having fun, you yeah. know, and. For the most part, and I don't know if it was the like the feel good from the twenty thirteen team or they actually beat a tournament caliber team. But everyone basically was just kinda like, Yeah, I mean, we know what this this tur- this team has been or this this season has been. But I'm not going to like usually trolls take any any opportunity and Saturday night it's kinda everybody just kinda put their knives away. <laughs> They're just like, Yeah, it was fun. Enjoy it. Yeah, uh, I think everyone uh, really just got to sit back uh, and enjoy that one. And, and you can look at individual efforts here in a little bit, and we will. But I wanted to point out what I think is like the most encouraging trend of all out of – and it goes into the last three games. The Miami game, the Virginia game, and now this one, the Clemson one, that is a win. We have been saying some pretty blanket things about this team all year that have been negative. And they have been true. We have not been wrong when we have said it. But I think we do have to sort of start making some some amendments and some edits to what we've said about this team. We've said, you know, they're not better at, at anything than they were at the beginning of the year and things like that. And, I, Dave, I, th- I think it's fair to say we're seeing some real demonstrable progress as a, as a team. To say nothing of sort of individuals, but as a team – the thing that sticks out to me most, in particular, these last three games, they have stayed dug in mentally all the way to the end 
whether they have won or lost. There's been so many games this year where they have either checked out for like a huge stretch and then they just kind of make this perfunctory kind of comeback effort and it gets a little bit more respectable. But you're like, man, if you watch that game, they never had a chance at that one. These last three games, there have been stretches where, where the other team has sort of made runs, but there has never been a stretch and it hasn't been like permanent where I felt like they don't, they don't care or like they've, they're, they're checked out now and i was happy to see them get to the end of a game where they stayed in after two losing efforts this one they stayed there as clemson made a couple of little runs here and there did not fold did not relent did not check out did not pout did not do any of that stuff and i'll be damned if they didn't win the game yeah there was a few of those moments where i was like oh man this is it at the beginning at the end of the first half clemson made a run where it was like oh man you know like it's it was like a 9-0. I think once Louisville went up by 14, it's like everything kind of fell apart for a few minutes. And they're like, is this going to happen again? And then at the end of the game, or that was the one where they went up by 14 and then we couldn't score for um, – and I will say it felt like we put the brakes on at 66 points and it was like, dude, we're up by 14 with like six minutes left. <laughs> 66 points isn't going to win this game. Like you need, yeah. like, I don't know, and I'm sure it was a directive. Like, hey, let's 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 bleed the clock. It's like, dude, we were not that good at offense to begin with. Like, like at times we're not that great at getting in sets. So I'd rather you not deliberately put the brakes on. Like, let's just go ahead and and, and run an offense and try to get try to get some more points because 66 ain't going to do it. And I think eventually they got out of that mode, but it was kind of painful for a few minutes. It was when we were up by 14 with like six minutes left and. They cut it to four before we got another basket, and and that was free throws. Um, but it was uh, it was touch and go for a few stretches there. But they really, instead of folding it up, you know, they kind of at some point were able to stop the bleeding, which is something they haven't been able to do in the past. So it was uh, there was some definitely some some encouraging things from Saturday night. Yeah, what well, I think you hope in in these close games against good teams at least is that they've they at least showed some progress in terms of just like the the focusing part of winning these games they didn't you know i think they got caught off guard with some little things down the stretch against miami and against virginia you think about things like a you know so they miss a free throw and then louisville gets a rebound like uh, you know and there's like a half second that just sort of bleeds there because they don't know what to do necessarily i felt like all the way down the stretch good calls bad calls shot went in shot didn't yeah. needing a stop or not they they stayed in and were mentally ready. And the texter mentions this, and I totally agree with it. This, and I made a note to myself, so I'm glad I'm not the only one who saw it. But I've called out what seems to me to be a very worrisome lack of talking between these guys as a sign of kind of their, their lack of togetherness, that they just don't seem to talk to each other over the course of a game. And I've never seen a good basketball team that doesn't. I saw a lot, a, like a good amount of guys getting after each other, not in an ugly way, but in an intense way, or talking after you know fouls or allowed baskets or whatever, without there being like the the throwing up your hands and, and pouting and that sort of thing. But a whole lot of like intense, like no, you need you know someone authoritatively sort of saying to somebody else. Jalen Withers was doing this a lot, you know, talking about where they ought to be, what needs to happen, that sort of thing. There are some signs of these things. I, did I wish that it didn't take this long? Of course. Of course. And this doesn't get them off the hook for it taking this long. But we, we, we did see it, and it was good to see it, and see it in a winning effort. 
Yeah, and like I, we've been rightfully hard on them all year, and it's not like this one game absolves them. But I'm if you ignore the good things and ignore the progress for your narrative, like you're just as bad as the other people that are pretending like it's it's all okay. You know, <laughs> it's you've got to you've got to take every game and 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 look at trends and talk about improvements. And I, I think that. The talking is a byproduct of being engaged in the game. You know, like it's hard to be 100% engaged in the game and not like be talking to each other and hyping each other up and communicating about positioning and everything. Like, I think they all go hand in hand. You know, if you're not engaged in the game, then you're not, you don't care about that stuff nearly as much and you don't talk as much and you're not nearly as useful of a teammate. Uh, and maybe it was all a byproduct of being intent, like an intense atmosphere and everything. It was, it was, uh, it was awesome. And and I do think there's some sort of poetry to the fact that it was JJ that had his his breakout game when he's you know he's from Bardstown and he was about probably about ten years old when the 2013 team happened. And yeah. it's sure I'm sure he understands it a little bit more. You know his dad played here, but he he's a local kid who probably understands the. Uh, the U of L championship a little bit more and, and got a chance to have his breakout game on the night where we were celebrating that championship. Well, I want to take a quick break here because we haven't done so yet. We'll open up the phones. We'll come back and I want to talk about JJ trainer uh, and his, his game here and the play of L Ellis, including the final play of the game and that JJ trainer dunk face. We want to talk about that. We'll talk about all that. We'll take your calls, your texts here throughout on a, another Louisville basketball game day. Going to turn right around and head uh, to Duke tonight. Uh, so that'll be here on Ninth on the Ville uh, as well. But we'll talk about that. We'll take your calls, your texts here throughout on the drive on Ninth on the Ville. Be right back. When you've been injured in a car wreck, there's a lot at stake. Your family, your job, your future. And the insurance company knows there's a lot at stake for them too. That's why you deserve a law firm with a proven track record of success. I'm attorney Darrell Isaacs. Reputation matters. Experience matters. You matter. When everything's at stake, Isaacs and Isaacs is here for you in Indiana. Just click to get help quick at wewin.com. Hey, it's Andy Sweeney. We just got word the Tailspin Ale Fest is cleared for takeoff at Bowman Field coming up on Saturday, March 4th. More than 70 breweries pouring more than 250 beers, rare brews, and the Bourbon Barrel Bar is back again. Food trucks, live music, the Cox's Cigar Lounge, Drake Silent Disco, and the ESPN Louisville Lager Lounge. All of this makes for a perfect gift for the beer fan in your life. Get your tickets today at tailspinalefest.com. Unlike those overly sweetened and overly caffeinated energy drinks, we drink Focus here at ESPN Louisville because it has the right amount of caffeine. That allows us to consume it multiple times a day without exceeding the recommended amount of caffeine or interfering with sleep. Plus, it's clean, crisp, it has great flavor, but without that artificial sweetness you find in all those energy drinks. Pick up Focus at Kroger in Louisville where you'll find their newest flavors, strawberry, kiwi, and watermelon. Or save 15% when you use code ESPN15 at drinkfocus.com. Focus. P-H-O-C-U-S, what energy drink should be. 
Goomer and Company offers a top-level jewelry buying experience with two master jewelers on site to custom create anything you have in mind. I went to Goomer for Ashley's engagement ring, bridal set, earrings, and custom engraved bracelet. The Goomer difference is present in every detail. There was no pressure to buy in Goomer's first-class showroom, and the good people at Goomer and Company were respectful of my budget throughout the process. Visit Goomer and Company at 225 South Hurstburn Parkway, and you'll see the Goomer difference is why Louisvillians have trusted this family-owned and operated business since 1971. Have trouble snoring? At Louisville Family ENT, a new technology called Inspire is here to help you and your partner get a healthy night's sleep. Schedule your appointment with our doctors at Louisville Family ENT with offices in Louisville or LaGrange, and they will determine if Inspire, which works inside your body with a click of a remote, will work for you. Inspire lives inside your body and goes with you without any mask, hoses, or weird noises so you and your partner can sleep peacefully. Give our doctors at Louisville Family ENT a call today or visit them on their website at louisvillefamilyent.com. As someone who's bought his last car at Neil Huffman Accurate Oxmoor, I can tell you what a great experience I've had with the Huffman Auto Group buying a car. Right now, you might even have a better experience selling them your car. Huffman Auto Group is giving you top dollar for your vehicle, even if you don't buy a car from them. This may be the best time ever to sell or trade in your car. So go where I went, Neil Huffman Accurate Oxmoor. Visit neilhuffman.com to find out more info. That's neilhuffman.com to get top dollar for your vehicle. Wing Zone has brought flavor to Louisville since 2006, and now it's time to literally spread our wings. We have opened a new location on Dixie Highway, directly in front of Holy Cross High School. You now have three locations to satisfy your flavor craze. Hopper Level Road, Huntsinger Lane, and Dixie Highway. Come try our flavor of the month, Louisiana Lemon Pepper. It's absolutely delicious. Call or order online, wingzone.com. You got it. Finding your perfect hometown financial institution can make all the difference in your financial future. Well, unless they sell out to some big conglomerate. If you're feeling like just a number on a balance sheet, come check out... Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift, five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, Come on, muscle through it. But then also say, Hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull. Let's go ahead and open up the phones if you guys want to weigh in on this one, on a a celebratory one after the Louisville men uh, win over Clemson. Over the weekend, just uh, their second ACC win, just their fourth win of the year. But it felt like maybe we kind of should have seen this one coming or at least could have could have felt it and seen it coming. Uh, better play, you know, as of late. 
uh, I think, from this team. And two good efforts against teams at the top of the ACC. Now here's a third one, uh, and it's good enough for a win and mortally wounds uh, Clemson's chances of making the NCAA tournament, which doesn't break my heart. And I'm, I'm good with that. Mark, yeah. I feel like that is a positive side effect. Yeah, yes, really. It's, exactly. a, it's just a, it's a fringe benefit or a French benefit, as we like to call it. Either one. Yeah, either one. We're good. Either one is fine uh, with me. You mentioned. I did appreciate. Look, look. I did appreciate Rutherford's tweet at the. It's not. <laughs> he wasn't. It wasn't a three sixty dunk at the end. It was meeting at the rim. They do it every game. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like meeting at the ball. <laughs> it's pretty solid. Pretty solid effort well, by Mike. Pretty great uh, for Clemson fans to perhaps be up in arms. Uh, over this, considering they literally just did this. Uh, in the 40-point win against Florida State, you will recall uh, that it was concluded with a dunk with one second left on the clock by Clemson mm. uh, to put this game away, and props to everyone, the various uh, half-dozen Louisville fans, uh, f- found video of that dunk and went ahead and uh, – and tweeted video uh, of that as well. So Clemson seemed to get uh, in their feelings for whatever reason uh, about this game and get over it. Ah, look, I mean, was is it ideal? No, but whatever. It was. We're celebrating. I'm not going to spend one second. <laughs> like, let the kids have fun. Let the boys have fun tonight. You know. And it was a pretty. I mean, all 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 hot takes aside, it was a pretty sick dunk. It was yeah. You're like wow. I didn't, didn't totally know he had that in him, right? Right. Yeah. No, it was it was impressive. I just it didn't bother me in the least. There's just I way mean, too it, much other stuff to talk about for me to yes. like really spend a lot of time on. Like, is it great? No. Do I care? Not even a little bit. Not. <laughs> not, I not even a touch. I have to keep being reminded that it happened for like th- that people are upset about. It. <laughs> Like, are they still right? <laughs> you like, know, make, like, come on, man. I just don't see what the what the anger about all this uh, was. You lost yeah. a four win team. You have bigger issues than the team <laughs> right. dunking on you. <laughs> you certainly left. had more than enough to be mad about before that. Yeah, like about your own team allowing uh, Louisville to do what it's done. Uh, so don't yeah the 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 moral angst over that. To say nothing of the fact that. Uh, you will often hear people say, you know, some some version of like, act like you've been there before. They haven't. They haven't. <laughs> That's always the best. They have They don't know how to it's win. Like they don't know how to win, buddy. <laughs> no, but like, they again, did like, in this one. If we're, I don't know. I just there's just way too much like actual stuff to talk about from this game where it's like, yeah, whatever. I mean, could he have maybe done it after the buzzer? Fine. I just well, I heard care. Marcus say like, what you got to do is do it like kind of right at the buzzer, so yeah, it kind of doesn't, doesn't count, count yeah. and they don't have to come re inbound it after that. Yeah, that's what I told. Him. I looked. At, I don't care. I, I told my dad. I was like, eh, the best thing to do there is to like run down the court as the time expires and then do a three sixty dunk like after the buzzer. Nobody cares, but it, at the same, he's got like, two more career points for his resume. Like, I've already talked about this more than I want to. <laughs> like it just doesn't matter. They're well, and good. then like I saw very few people, you know, getting uh, up in arms about it. I saw one Louisville guy kind of up in arms about it. Like, but do you know what have had him off this team in an hour? I'm like, that yeah. is not true is at that, all. No. Maybe <laughs> that's uh, maybe a treadmill. You know. <laughs> Yeah, well, right, right. But worth it. I mean, you just – I don't think that we can in any way 
even begin to understand like the feeling that these guys have had all year of just sort of having to eat this crap sandwich all year long. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, a lot of it their own making, but regardless, to have a good moment there and to just sort of embellish it and and be thrilled with it and have that at the I just I don't care at all. And if you are outraged about it, fine. Uh, I will not be joining you in your outrage about that. But that wasn't the dunk that mattered to me. No, the dunk that mattered to me was JJ Trainer yes. off the inbound, and what what I loved about it is that I felt like there have been a handful of dunk attempts really for like four years now that have been close, but like they were they were signs of kind of the primal aggression we have just been dying to see from this team, especially this year. To where like we've barely even seen a whole lot of attempts that really registered like, oh, that's what he was going for. But you're like, man, if he landed that, if he had punched that one, there have been a couple this year where you're like, that, you know, they could have used that. I'm elated that, that like, that's where jj trainer's brain is you know it's like i get this inbound i'm gonna pump fake this guy it because you know what it felt like a plan yeah you know it felt like the product of like this dunk got was born in film study on thursday you know we're gonna have a play it's like this and we're gonna get the ball to you pump fake and you take him to the rim you can score like you could it felt like all of that is what happened but i'm just glad that that kind of aggression is in jj and that it like occurred to him to to take the attempt that he did and that he landed it and i i think it fed him the rest of the game yeah and he did he's done this he's had a couple of big dunks over the last couple you know, stretch of games and he's I've been dying for somebody to kind of be that guy who wants to finish at the rim and finish through contact because it was an and one, which was the best part of it, the best part about it. And he is super tall, athletic, with really long arms. Like, just dunk the ball. <laughs> and he does. And I, I just – it was it was an awesome moment, and the, the roof ball came off the Yum Center. It was pretty great. Yeah, I, I think getting that moment for everybody, it just – he has emerged, I think, lately as maybe like the because even LL like LL Ellis has been really productive offensively in the beginning of the year, but he's got his own his issues. Sure, you know, we we watch him kind of. Well, I mean, hell, Kenny said he coasts on defense sometimes, but JJ was just sort of a a guy who you know part of it is you know co- previous coaching staffs didn't really use him particularly well and and, and or didn't use him at all. Or at all, right, and, and the, like the mental part, like the emotional kind of motivational part, he seems to have been just sort of not a priority for anybody. So to see him come into this year and be listless like the rest of the team, but now, you know, when they come down the floor, Dave, I don't know about you, like I, I don't want to over make this into anything more than it was, but like when they come down the floor, it used to feel like if L. Ellis can't hero ball something, they're probably not going to score. I think... I think there's things that Mike James can can do on a regular basis and that J.J. Trainer can do on a regular basis now and that Jalen Withers can do on a regular basis now and even Kamari lands in some stretches. Like there are, It does not just sort of seem to be what can L. Ellis get us and what kind of scraps can we clean up around him after that. Like I think on the offensive end, that's where I feel like there's the biggest – movement forward for this team especially in the last five six seven games uh they they seem more connected playing with more confidence i think a lot more shots are going in than i did a month ago 
I agree with that. Uh, I mean, like Jalen has settled in as a, you know, one of the best shooters in the conference. Uh, JJ, like we've said, wants to finish around the rim, and I think he's a little more active, and we can get a little more out of him. Um, Mike James has had his stretches this season, and I think we we've seen what he can do, and, and Kamari flashes as well. Uh, obviously, the the one big exception is in most lineups. Like we're still looking for that consistent threat at the five. And I think if Huntley Hatfield hadn't gotten hurt at that point in the season, I think that we would be talking about him in the same vein. You know, he was he was becoming like a ten and six type of guy, ten and seven on a regular basis, and and with the ability to to finish around the rim. And I'm hoping that he can get back into that that mentality. Um, but overall, I mean, we've listed a fair amount of guys, like to the point where the offense isn't just LLS heat check all the time, but it's. I think L has become a little more judicious with when he feels like because early in the game we couldn't get anything going, and then like L just sort of took it upon himself to get that first run, you know, scored six points early, um, and kind of got us off the schneid when like the first couple possessions were really bad and Clemson was up five nothing. It was like, man, I, don't, I hope this isn't our effort coming out, you know. And then L sort of took over and, and scored a couple uh, buckets and sort of calmed everything down but he didn't feel the need to keep doing that you know like it 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 felt like he's getting a little smarter about when he needs to take over and when he needs to get buckets and when he needs to just kind of run the offense whatever that offense might be a little more judicious Uh, and i think everyone including l you know more of a feeling like if we do this offense like that that there are possessions that are good offensive possessions for little that don't end with just l ellis shooting the ball and that's that's movement that's progress for this team it's a big deal uh and, and i was uh, just thrilled with what i saw out of them overall in particular on the offensive end but i think more than anything else it's the mental side of things that we've got to to give them their props for because it is what has cost them i think you know the, the there's kind of a a catch 22 here dave and i you know i've talked about like that there weren't a lot of people who sort of rushed in to remind people that they still aren't good and that's good we don't need you doing that today whoever you are but i will say like for the people who have just steadfastly said this is all about the roster and the coaches have done nothing that we should be second guessing at all like you can't say that these players don't listen to anything and, and are completely unreachable and uncoachable, and who else would be doing any better? And then when they get better back, see, it's the coaching. Like You, you kind of got to decide if these guys are coachable or not. But for whatever reason, the coachable side of this, they're doing a better job with these guys than they were six weeks ago. There's no denying that. I think so. And I think that it's – this is why you don't – I don't know. I don't like when people make these sweeping statements to – support their point when they say things like these guys are just uncoachable or this and that it's like well then what happens when they play well you know like it are they all of a sudden coachable <laughs> you know it's it's the the reality at the end of the day is there's a lot of culpability on both sides and i think it with me it's always going to land a lot with the with the coaches but whatever it is i'm happy that they're playing better now um it's super frustrating because i think we see what these guys could do and, and we don't understand why it didn't happen earlier in the year um but i'm happy it's happening now 
Yeah, you know, what look, I would hope that the the story that we're ultimately going to learn here is that they never gave up trying to coach these guys. That yes, this roster obviously has its limitations, but that it's also better than it has played this year and that the coaches are on the hook for not figuring out what motivates these guys earlier and that these guys are on the hook for not listening a lot earlier. Yeah. Uh, and we're seeing a certain shape emerge. It's funny, you know, you, you kind of didn't want even six weeks ago any of, like almost any of these guys to come back. And now you can kind of talk yourself into like, you know, four maybe of these guys, five of these guys come back and you you add in – uh, your maybe five of these guys, and you add in the guys that you the three that you already have committed, and then you can sort of augment with the the the, the transfer portal. Like you can sort, it's not hard to see the makings of of something you could really work with for next year. Whereas I think six seven weeks ago, we don't want any of these guys to come back. Yeah, well, it begs the question on who's going to stay and who's going to go. And somebody tweeted that or texted that in earlier, and it, I don't know. Like the question becomes a little murkier. <laughs> every every week and and i hate to see i hope the answer isn't like the freshmen we haven't seen are gonna go you know because i i I really don't want that to happen that's not sustainable i'd like the young guys to stick around and develop but i don't know what the answer is I, i don't i'm not really sure who's gonna stay and who's gonna go but i hope we get clarity on that pretty quickly after the season so we can get a head start and sort of rebuild that roster quickly I mean, looking at the way that they are playing right now and the, the fact that they're getting better as X and Y is happening, it's not hard to look at this and be like, all right, well, Will Wheeler is, is Sure, he's the gone. one that everybody pretty much says just because, yeah. like, if he, the minutes are there at the five and he hasn't, doesn't seem to be able to get them. Right, well, not, and it's two things. It's the minutes are there and a guy who showed up in the middle of the year passed you right away. Right. And then you had an injury to Brent Hundley Hatfield, and it really resulted in almost nothing special for you at all. You know, yeah. But but all Sidney Curry goes in kind of the same boat here. Like I, yeah. you know, Sidney Curry is is a bit player. He does. He's he is still not. I think a whole lot different than he was at the beginning of the year. But you can see, like when Kenny Payne's like, I'd like to play a core four and Hundley Hatfield together. You know, I. I'd be curious to see what that looks like, as long as they sort of maintain some spacing. But that's like two energetic, kind of lengthier guys. Like I think Hunley Hatfield even has looked better in his little bit since he's come back than he did before. He looks more like he's playing up to the other, the other guy's speed in that time since he's been injured. Yeah, I, I'm. I liked his upside before he got hurt a little more than some people did. Uh, and thought that he was trending in the right direction. Um, I thought the talent was clearly there and the nose for finishing around the basket. Um, I'd I'd be really happy to see him come back. I think Rose and Sidney are the ones where some of the spare fives, are, you know, like kind of it's okay to let him go when we had so much size at the beginning of the season and and we're still struggling to find enough guys to play at the five. I think at this point it's easy to look at it and go. Well, we could probably trim the fat in the front court and figure that out. Oh, Just I, the question is who who elects to leave on their own. You know, that doesn't get sort well, of and, left and look, out. Isn't this like I said this on the doing the rap with uh, with Tyler for WHAS with Andy too that I really felt like in in different ways that the the lesson from this past weekend and this past week 
is that we have a tendency when we talk about these teams and their struggles, we have a tendency to just make it straight, slippery slope, linear. Whatever's happening now will just keep happening. Sure. And these coaches and these players have a lot more pride than we gave them credit for. And in you know, in Louisville's case, you know, they got absolutely annihilated by Pitt. But when you look at the last six, seven games, that is the exception that kind of sticks sticks out there. And instead of that being the place where they just sort of everyone just drops the rope and is like, that's it, we're done. They have come back and fought admirably in three games against three of the best teams in the ACC. Games we were dreading in light of that pit game. Oh, yeah, especially and, the you know, Virginia and, game. <laughs> and in Kentucky's case, you know, they go play at Mississippi State, who is a little bit overachieving and is kind of a rough and tumble team. Beat them, come home, beat the hell out of Tennessee, who I think is a total dog. Uh, overrated dog uh, to me. Like, I just think they're a complete fraud, Tennessee is. But, like, we have a tendency. They're not doing much to fight that. We did this right with now. football, too. Right. You know, we were like, well, how? I mean, if they lose this game, how they're not going to win any games. We did that with football. Well, they won five out of the last six. Yeah. And, like, these guys have a lot of pride and have not quit. And I do, I don't want to ever, like, overdo it because not quitting is kind of the basics. But it is not happening. They've not quit, they have not gone in the tank. And, I, and we now have one more home game, Dave, and that there's going to be no one at the games. It's going to be empty. It's going to be – that never – thankfully, it never got as bad as we feared it would a third of the way through the year. Well, I hope they quit themselves well at Duke. We'll see what happens tonight, right? Yeah, you know, and, and Virginia Tech's the last home game, right? and that's, that's, right. A, that's after Georgia Tech. We have Georgia Tech Saturday. Virginia Tech next week, and then we end at Virginia next Saturday, like a week from Saturday. Um, I think I had that laid out right in my mind. I think that's correct. Um, so I hope they have a good week. They acquit themselves well at Duke and maybe get another one at Georgia Tech. And everybody's in a good mind, good headspace, you know, going into that last home game and maybe remembers all the feel goods from this weekend and shows up again for the last game of the year. It's the last one against a, a beatable opponent. I do. Well, certainly. And if nothing else, you know, uh, I will give them credit for, uh, you know, Nolan Smith said at the what the last coaches where he sort of stood in uh, for the uh, for the interview there, yeah. uh, that you know they were going to look forward to in to ruining some seasons down the stretch here, right? And good, I've enjoyed it too. Yeah. Well, that's how you have to look at it. You know, we don't we don't owe the ACC anything, man. Like Clemson shouldn't be making the tournament if we're not. Pull that rug from under them. I don't like them in any sport. Oh, no, it's I kiss my ass, Clemson. (laughs) Take (laughs) that that. L. Take that L. (laughs) No, look, I loved uh, what they did. I love the fact that, uh, like, Clemson, there's no recovering from this uh, for them, and we'll see. But you know what? Like, again, it doesn't doesn't break my heart in the least uh, for them. It wouldn't break my heart to take one from Duke, that's for sure. Oh, same thing. But, you know, uh, more than Get them anything, scrambling in year one of John Shire and losing their mind. You know, outside <laughs> of, of of dunking, which is new, and, and you think, like, dunking is kind of a luxury activity, right? And, like, <laughs> you know, the, the fruit of, of excess. You know, you've yeah, done really yeah. well in something else, and it results in some dunks. Louisville hasn't had much of that. You know, outside of that, there's nothing – really remarkable about what they did they didn't shoot some crazy percentage they didn't master something that had really troubled them all year they turned the ball over more than they had assists like they just worked really 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 hard 
They shot 26-28 from the free throw line, out-rebounded Clemson by 11. Limited their turnovers relatively. I think it was 14 for the game. Uh, and Clemson couldn't shoot early on, and that helped quite a bit. But the, those were really them. the biggest factors. Helped them not shoot. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Too. Yeah. All right, we're going to come back. When we come I want to play something for you that I think sucks. Oh, and I don't, and I don't want to hear it, but we're gonna, I'm, I'm gonna push back on it. I wanna, I want it to be different because it is different. We'll talk about that on the other side here, on the drive on I think. 